Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, we hear from Kyle Reynolds as he continues our series, Getting Closer. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Hey guys, it's, um, it's good to be back. My name is Kyle Reynolds. Been a part of Eastlake for a long time, live in the area over in Sammamish, Esquaw, uh, part of Washington and um, uh, I I shared, I think a couple months ago and felt like I was in a, looking back at a relatively darker place than I am now. I feel lighter today. I just got back from a bike ride um, and I just feel more hopeful, you know? So hopefully that will come across. I'm in a cozy blanket right now. You can't see, but that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And the kids are grandmas. <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk about... Um, Vulnerability today. It's the fourth week of um, the Getting Closer series that we're, uh, we're doing. So let me start by defining vulnerability by none other by quoting the goat, quote the goat, Brene Brown, uh, by saying that vulnerability is, uh, in her definition, which I love, it means uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. To be alive is to be vulnerable. Now, as I dug a little deeper on that idea, that definition, I started thinking about like how we com commonly define vulnerability. And I don't know about you, but I think of vulnerability in terms of like, there's an animal in the woods that's vulnerable. We have this little rescue pup <laughs> and we, we turn on all the lights we can in the backyard because we're afraid he's just gonna get grabbed by um, some kind of like cougar that's walking by or something in our residential neighbor. Anyways, there's been cougar sightings. All that to say, we feel like Colby, our rescue pup, is a vulnerable dog, <laughs> right? That's what I think about when I think about vulnerability. So if we think about that idea and translate it to our lives, then that means that vulnerability is the risk of being hurt or um, having pain inflicted by someone else. We're only vulnerable um, if, it's, if it means we can be hurt by someone else, right? Just like an animal can be hurt by some, something else, and that means it's vulnerable. Um, but that means also that the flip side of that is that I ultimately get to decide if someone emotionally hurts me. Like you and I are actually the ones that decide that. So if, for example, like if someone made fun of my height, um, it wouldn't, be a vulnerable thing for me. I'm five nine, which is I think like five eight and a half is the national average. So I'm a little bit, you know. So I don't. It's not a thing that I'm insecure about. Five nine's adequate. I think it's fine. Like you, so you could be like, hey, shorty, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I wouldn't feel vulnerable. I wouldn't feel insulted or offended. I wouldn't feel like you got me on that one, right? My height's not a vulnerable topic for me. Um, 
But if you like brought up other topics, which I'll bring up later, then, you know, th that's going to get me because I um, feel vulnerable personally. And then you can capitalize upon that. Um, we don't feel vulnerable when we disclose what we share um, that we're okay with. We, we only feel vulnerable when we, we have judged or shamed ourselves. And then the other person as a way of confirming this. That's a vulnerable moment for us, right? They may reject us because of that part of who we are or, um, and that's probably because we've already rejected ourselves. I love this quote by Kara uh, Lowenthal. Um, she's on this podcast, excuse the language, but it's called Unfuck Your Brain. And uh, she says, we don't become vulnerable by giving other people the power to hurt us. We become vulnerable in our intimate relationships by being willing to become vulnerable with ourselves. I really like that. I think that that there's a lot of truth to that. It's, it's about admitting our own imperfections and then showing up anyway. So like an example of this is uh, I'm in counseling right now. And one of the things I've been learning is to do a three point check, which is just simply like a, an idea of mindfulness, right? So when I start to feel irritable or impatient at home, or in any situation, I, I try to get a pattern of like checking in with myself. What am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Actually, it's what am I doing? What am I feeling? Then what am I thinking? Yes, Counselor Sean would be proud. So what I've noticed though is when I do that, um, it's, it's, it's typically I'm able to quickly uncover that, what am I doing? I'm sitting on a couch with a blanket. What am I feeling, right? And the feeling part, usually if I'm, if I'm being vulnerable with myself, I can quickly uncover that like, oh, it's more than just being irritated. I'm actually feeling anxious about our business or I'm feeling um, unsafe about whether or not we can accomplish everything we needed to get done. And so I'm, it's beyond just being irritated that the kids are goofing around on the couch and they are already like making portions of our couch indented and we just got this new couch and we're excited about it and it's already starting to do that thing, you know? It's not actually about the couch, it's about the fact that I'm like actually feeling insecure about our business. And so, and, but actually checking in with myself and uncovering what the actual vulnerable emotion is has been so super helpful for me. It's a way of being vulnerable with myself so that then I can actually be more present and vulnerable with my family. Um, it's able to move me towards, you know, getting accusatory or irritable or witty, like snide comments to my family and getting right to the heart of the matter of saying, it hurts my feelings when. Like that, that's a vulnerable comment. The other things are just defensive. And I'm learning to get better at getting past the defensive emotions and getting more to the vulnerable ones. That's what I was trying to say earlier. <laughs> there we go. Um, Another thing that's kind of been helping me too is um, you can Google search just emotional wheel uh, or emotion wheel, and it'll come up with this big graph, this round circle. It looks like a wheel, <laughs> and on the outside are more like um, shallower or easier or more polite, more civil emotions. And as you get more closer towards the inner part of the circle, that those become more raw, more um, human, more vulnerable emotions. And so we oftentimes, in order to protect ourselves, start with the outside of the circle. And I'm feeling frustrated. And, but we, we, in order to be vulnerable and actually more true to ourselves, we have to start 
try to get better at getting more towards the inner circle. So um, years ago, when Laura and I were actually in um, premarital counseling, there was this sweet older lady at SPU, um, this older Christian lady that just like, I'm sure she baked cookies on the weekend. She was just the sweetest. And I think her name was Beth, right? And, <laughs> and Beth is... Um, Beth is trying to like help me with this. And I didn't realize she was, but um, during the conversation, I keep bringing up to her how I'm, I'm frustrated with Laura about this and I'm frustrated with my dad about this and I'm just so frustrated. And because uh, frustrated turns out when I was like steeped in like just wanting to be a really nice Christian, oh my gosh, frustrated can go a long way. You could be frustrated about literally anything, turns out. But Beth... Sweet, sweet Beth just was able to help me get deeper in the wheel, you know, and move past these safe emotions. And sweet Beth looks at me one day and she goes, Kyle, I don't think you're frustrated. I think you're fucking pissed. <laughs> and, and I just like, sweet Beth, what happened? But it was just, I mean, she's a really good counselor because she was right. But that didn't sound good to me. And it sounded um, more vulnerable and it didn't sound polite, but it, it was true. And, and um, that's what I'm trying to get better at. It's just getting to what's true, even if it's ugly, you know, even if it's not polite. It's just trying to be more vulnerable with myself so that I can be more present for the relationships that I deeply care about. Um, thank God for Beth. So um, vulnerability includes the ability to share how we're truly feeling. Now, on the other hand, um, you can kind of take that idea of vulnerability as just um, where we have vulnerability for ourselves or shame on ourselves, and then people are able to... Um, to capitalize upon that, you can take that and spin it the other way. It can actually be kind of encouraging. Like, um, it's really nice when you discover something that used to be vulnerable and no longer is. Um, the other day I was, I was, um, in this Facebook conversation with this guy I used to go to Christian college with. And, um, and so he knows like, you know, the old Kyle that would be very concerned about how you felt, how you perceived my beliefs. And he said something like to the effect of like, you know, you need to be careful about being a heretic or an apostate or, you know, all these threats of hell or whatever. And I, I, I just, and I just responded and I was super proud of myself. I just said, um, Hey Matt, like, um, if you think that's bad, I have way more loving beliefs than that. And it was my snarky little way, granted a little defensive, I know, but it was, it was my way of communicating that like, I'm not vulnerable there anymore. I used to be, yeah, I'm not anymore. I don't give a, I don't care at all what you think about my beliefs. I used to be vulnerable, I'm not. I've grown. And that's actually a really encouraging thing. It was to me, I, I took a step back and be like, oh yeah, I actually feel that way now. And it feels wonderful to not care anymore, you know? Like that's liberating. And, uh, and maybe you've experienced that too. Like it's just really nice that where you used to be vulnerable, you're just not because you've grown. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. So um, let's go through some uh, some ways that we're, we're not vulnerable for, um, for a lot of different reasons. Like um, 
let's see. Some other things I've been learning in counseling is that I, I, I use the word, um, you should do this a lot. Um, with my kids, I, at least I think it, you should be doing this. You should not be doing that. And I've realized that's more defensive posture. That's actually not putting me in a vulnerable place. What I should be saying, which is vulnerable is this makes me uncomfortable because, or another classic one, um, that that's keeps me safe and isn't actually true. is the statement. Like whenever I use definitive words, like you always do this or you never do that. Right. For one, it's really defeating and demoralizing to the person you're saying that to because they're like throwing their hands up in the air like, where am I supposed to go from here? You already think I never do that. And it's inaccurate, right? The fact is that, that one time they did take out the, the garbage, right? <laughs> that one time they did start the dishwasher. Um, it's not actually accurate and so it's, it's self-defeating. But also, it's also really defensive. It's not true. It's not vulnerable. And it won't get me or you to the kind of intimate relationships that we really want. So instead of you always or you never, um, I start to reflect on my own story and their story and how that potentially is not accurate. And then I start to be open to the possibility that I'm wrong about the story I've created about the person. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, that's what we're trying to do here is gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we wanna say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people. And so I'm going to support it. And so we just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You could go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. Um, and we just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message. Another way that I see this occurring is um, I tend to not want to share my pains in my life right now because I am too quick to compare them to other people's pains. And then in doing so, I, I'm not true to myself. I'm not actually vulnerable. Like 2020 was really hard for me. That feels weird to say because I'm not a, I wasn't a frontline worker, right? And so I want to compare my grief with other people and I feel kind of embarrassed about it. But it also keeps me safe and it doesn't allow me to be vulnerable with people and then eventually grow the relationship. Because reality is grief doesn't compare. It will never compare. Sometimes we're not vulnerable with our hurts because we compare our grief. Similarly too, sometimes we're not vulnerable with our hopes um, because faith isn't explainable. Like we're scared to be vulnerable and share like what we're hoping for. So for me, like um, I'm writing a book, which also feels weird to say out loud, you know, it's like, it feels vulnerable. And I immediately want to go to 
a way of trying to explain it to you. You know, they're like, well, I'm finishing up my doctorate and it's, I have to write the dissertation and I've got some editing to do. And it's just all a way of rationalizing, explaining it so it's more palatable to you and you'll start nodding your head like, okay, that does sound explainable. But at the end of the day, it's just a hope, you know? Like, I hope to do this. I hope it helps people. And it puts me in a vulnerable position when, because faith is never entirely explainable. And I'm not talking about some old guy in the sky kind of faith. I'm talking about the faith you and I, we all have to believe in something, to hope for something in our lives. It's a vulnerable place to be when we're true about it. And it will never be completely explainable to others. So, um, hurts, hopes, those are different kinds of vulnerabilities. Can I talk about a little bit about false vulnerability for a bit? Because that's a thing, <laughs> for sure, that I am super um, guilty of. Actually, when I was like studying this for this a bit, I was like, oh, and I do that, and I do that, and yes, I have posted that before. <laughs> So false vulnerability is very similar to like false humility. It's, it's there and it's creepy and, and, um, and I don't always recognize it when it's in my life. You know, it's the, it's the TMI or it's the oversharing. Um, Brene Brown would say that uh, vulnerability is not, does not mean to like let it all hang out, right? Or she says it better this way. She goes, um, live tweeting your bikini wax is not vulnerability. <laughs> nor is posting a blow-by-blow blow of your divorce. That is an attempt to hotwire connection. But you, can, you can't cheat real connection. Um, it's built up slowly. It's about trust and time. And that's really true. I mean, what, I think what she's trying to say is intent matters when it comes to how we share and how we choose to be vulnerable with others. It's taking the moment to ask the question, like, why am I actually posting this on social media or sharing this particular thing with a coworker? What's the intent? What's the outcome I'm trying to um, get or achieve? Is it to connect or is it to um, make a relationship healthier or is it um, to gain some kind of inappropriate validation or get attention or get attention from people? Is it, is it misplaced or is it healthy? And, and, and you are the only one that can answer that, right? It's just a matter of looking inward and, and really um, being honest with ourselves about our intentions of when we choose to share something vulnerable in our lives. Uh, vulnerability shared uh, not to gain a particular reaction, right? And, and then I've found that one of the indicators I know that it's, it's a healthy kind of vulnerability is I've gotten at peace I've, be, I've, I've become at peace with however the other person might react to it, right? So it doesn't mean I'm not hoping for a particular reaction from them, but I'm at peace with however they might react. So like my sister, when we were growing up, <laughs> this is like, we were super young. So Kelly, if you're listening to this, I don't think you do this anymore. But, <laughs> but um, she used to always be like, after we'd have a fight or something, She'd be like, I'm sorry. And it was her intent was, it was always, she said, I'm sorry in order for me to say, I'm sorry back, <laughs> right? Which isn't actually an apology. <laughs> it's, it's the wrong intention, right? It's, it's saying, it's, it's being vulnerable in hopes that you, 
you gain a certain response from the other person. And that's, that's a false vulnerability, right? Being at peace of it would be, would be, I, I, I'm at peace with this kind of vulnerability. I'm going to say, sorry, and I'm okay. I, I shouldn't say I'm okay. I'm at peace with whether or not the person chooses to say I'm sorry as well or not. Right. That's, that would be the way we distinguish between true vulnerability and a false vulnerability. Um, what else do I have to say about that? Oh, <laughs> it's, it's not looking for a particular outcome, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so what, what does some like practicals of how, what vulnerability looks like? Okay. So one of the things I think is, is it's having a better understanding of fragility. And I use that word in, in particular because I think there's a real difference between fragility and weakness. And I think those are getting really mixed up in our, in our culture today. Like just to name it, um, there is a, you know, weird amount of toxic masculinity driving a lot of decisions in our country right now. And I feel like I need to say it because it's a, such a misunderstanding of vulnerability and strength and power dynamics. Um, and what it means to be healthy in relationship to one another and the planet. It, it, um, we, we've seen a lot of bad examples of this and, and it needs to be said. But what vulnerability looks like is, is oftentimes a sense of fragility. Um, um, Paulo um, Coelho said this, the strongest love is a love that can demonstrate its, its fragility. Um, it means that we, fragility means that we take extra careful care and, and take a lot of gentle care with something like we take care of ourselves, right? When we dare to be vulnerable with ourselves, we're, we're taking care of ourselves. We're being careful with ourselves and we're taking time with ourselves in order to know when it's right, when it's okay with ourselves in order to be vulnerable with someone else that they would also take care of it, right? Like Renee Brown said earlier, uh, vulnerability is about time and trust. Um, it's the difference between codependency and dependency and, and interdependency or interconnectedness. It's about having proper boundaries by also desiring intimacy. It takes time. It's a give and take. You know, it's not the person at the party that just overshares desperately for attention while the other person is just like, I just came here for the free drinks. Like it's, it's, remember when we used to have parties? Shit guys, that's, a, that's how parties again soon, right? Miss those, but, but, <laughs> but it's a give and take, right? It's, it's recognizing that that person's trusted me a little bit. I'm going to trust them a little bit and the trust grows and intimacy begins to develop. It's being vulnerable with ourselves in order to begin being vulnerable with others. It's inviting others into a healthy relationship and a healthier place. Another thing vulnerability looks like, it's, 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 it's apologizing well. It's not the lame, I'm sorry I made you feel this way. That's another great way to protect ourselves. It's a defensive measure. And, and we got to see that for what it is. It's not vulnerable. Apologizing well, it's saying, like, I'm sorry for this specific action and I realized this is how it made you feel. And I care about a relationship deeply. And I, so therefore I care about how you feel and whether or not I intended th to have it um, 
turn out this way. This is how it impacted you, and therefore it matters to me. And this is what I'm going to do to change that so it won't happen again. Will you help me? Because I really care about what we have together. That's apology, right? It's taking the time to, um, to move past the ways we defend ourselves. Vulnerability looks like risking to change our minds even. Uh, I was in this um, my cohort yesterday for school, and, um, and one of my friends, he had such a great um, point. He said that um, he, he, he was talking about like what it looks like to be vulnerable and risk in a conversation, even to the point that the, the other person might change our mind, right? And one of the great ways to set that up is, is to move past like the memes, right? Of just like the gotcha statements and state their opinion in such a way that if they heard you state it, they would be like, yes, that's actually what I mean, <laughs> right? We're so great at uh, twisting and, um, and rearranging other people's opinions in order to make us feel better about ours rather than actually truly listening, even to the point that it might change our minds. That's vulnerability. And it's something I really got to get better at. And lastly, I think vulnerability looks like um, an invitation to others, right? Because when that's the great thing about vulnerability. When we are vulnerable with ourselves, we've gone through trust and time, we decide to disclose a bit of ourselves with others, it, it also acts as an invitation for them into a better and more intimate relationship with us, right? Of them also feeling known as we dare to feel known. It's a really wonderful thing. It reminds me of uh, my friend's house, the Petersons. And whenever you go over there, there's just no, we're having guests and company over. There's none of that bullshit. There's, I love the fact that they have laundry on the floor. You know, because in our house, if you surprised us, there'd be laundry on the damn floor because that's the way we live, right? I mean, <laughs> but I thought about that and how that was also serves as such an invitation because now I know that if they come over to our house, we can also have laundry on the floor. You know, we're not having company when the Petersons come over either. You know, it like it ended up working both ways and they didn't even mean it to. It, it's like this, they make us feel more at home and it gives us permission for our home to be lived in. And I think in a similar way, vulnerability is revealing a lived in soul. Bumps, bruises, warts and all. I'll say it again, vulnerability, because I really like the way it sounds. Vulnerability <laughs> reveals a lived in soul. So uh, to wrap things up, um, some like some maybe some things for you to think about this week that might be helpful. Um, practical things, right? Like so, for instance, if you have difficulty naming your emotions and you get caught in the outer ring, the the easier, the safer, the more defensive, protected emotions. Like I'm frustrated. Um, just take time to Google the um, emotion wheel, emotional wheel. Just Google that and print it out. Even. Um, You'll need a color printer, that helps a lot, but it's super helpful to start to uncover how you actually are feeling when you dare to take a three-point check and this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm feeling, this is how I'm thinking. Is it actually what you're feeling or is there more to it, right? Like dare to be, to take steps forward, to be vulnerable with yourself. Um, another practical um, is, is who are like two to three people in your life? that you'd like to be more vulnerable with. 
and, and maybe not all in the same way, right? Like, um, uh, like I'm vulnerable with Laura, but she doesn't care about the cool bike route I went on today. <laughs> like she's just not interested and that's okay. I don't care about the Hallmark movies she watches either. And that's all right as well. Like we're vulnerable with each other. I guess neither one of those were vulnerable. You get the point. The point is we have different relationships with our lives for a reason. And so who are like the two to three people, um, not 500 people, not our followers on social media, who are the two to three people in our lives that we feel like we can be more vulnerable with? That could be a great step forward in daring to be, having being brave enough to be more, a bit more vulnerable. It takes time and trust. Um, what's your intent? When you decide to be vulnerable with people, what, what are you intending? What's the outcome you're hoping for? Is it a, a deeper relationship? Are you are looking for a, a particular response? I'm sorry in order for you to say I'm sorry, right? Uh, what's the intent? And then lastly, um, what does it look like for you to be vulnerable with yourself? Like, how are you really feeling? Um, yeah, that's it. So I hope that's helpful. Um, I miss you guys a lot. And uh, I also don't want this to end quite yet because I just really enjoyed talking about it. That's the way I learn is, is, is teaching it. So um, and it gives me a reason to study a bunch. And uh, so I, I'm actually looking forward to putting some of the stuff in practice as well. All right. Have a great week. Bye, Slick. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.